Welcome to yet another episode of the Ugandan podcast. I am Rita Kanyamujini. Definitely a new face for you, but it's still a conversation here that is worth having. I am Rita once again. I had told you that. Now our guest today is Lily Ajarova and the conversation is why visit Uganda. Well, Lily is the Chief Executive Officer of the Uganda Tourism Board. You're most welcome to the Ugandan podcast, Lily. Thank you very much, Rita. Now we'll get straight into it starting with why visit Uganda. Now currently Uganda in 2022 was launched as what we would call a destination and in particular under the theme of uniquely ours, uniquely yours. Now when we have a look at that, what does this mean to the motherland? Thank you very much Rita. Uh destination Uganda is a beautiful destination. We have had the Pearl of Africa as our destination brand for a long time, but not clearly defined to everyone uh, who is in tourism business or even to the different people who actually visit Uganda. So we took on the journey to refresh our destination brand. So January this year, we got His Excellency, the President of Uganda, to launch explore Uganda as our new destination brand. Why explore Uganda, the pearl of Africa? Explore because we have the depth, the range, and the variety of Africa in this destination. Explore because you can't, we don't have just one thing that you can just visit and go away from this country. There's so much to discover. There's so much to experience. There's so much for you to immerse yourself in. And that's why we're saying, if you have to know what Uganda has to offer from the tourism perspective, then you have to explore it. And it is the offer that we are giving to everyone. And this is also for Ugandans. It has to start with us. The Ugandans first. So many Ugandans do not know their countries. So we are encouraging everyone through this brand to explore their own country, Uganda. It's the pearl of Africa. Uganda represents what the continent has. From the landscape, the diverse culture, the precious rare species like the mountain gorillas where we have... 54% of the remaining population of the mountain gorillas in the world in Uganda. Uh, We have uh, 50% of the bird species that this continent has, and that's a representation of 11% of what the world has. We just have so much. The source of the longest river in the world is River Nile, and the source is in Uganda. We have... The third highest point on this continent, on Renzori Mountain, where the equator crosses and there is permanent snow on it. So the largest freshwater body on the continent, Lake Victoria, I mean, like we have it all. We have it all if we go into the wildlife species, there are those that are endemic to Uganda. So you can't actually see them anywhere else in the world until you come to Uganda. So there's all this diversity, variety that we need to get to know 
as Ugandans, but also we are offering these to everyone else outside Uganda. But it's important that we start with ourselves because if we do not appreciate what we actually have, then it becomes difficult for us to brag about it, to get the rest of the world to know about it because we don't know what we have. So right now um, we are running the campaign uniquely ours for the Ugandans to embrace what this country has, to embrace the beauty that we have and all the resources, natural to, uh, to the culture, but also the things that we have created. Yeah? We have very many unique things around that we can brag about. And uh, for that, we want Ugandans to get to know this, um, understand it, appreciate it, enjoy it, but also then be able to make the best use of it. Most important is two things, to enjoy it, but also to make money out of it. Okay. So as we, before we get into the foreign, since we're focusing on we, you and I, the Ugandan yes. out there, you mentioned um, how the strategy going forward, but let's take it threefold, where we stand, where we're coming from when you mentioned you refreshed it to something that you could package and have each Ugandan have an ability to go out and enjoy what Uganda has to offer. But also after this, what's the plan? Where do we stand as a country? So let's go back to before 2022. How was it looking like for a Ugandan who wanted to visit and explore Uganda? Did we have many Ugandans? How so far has the campaign gone? And how, where do we plan on taking it? Um, thank you. Our, we have come a long way, especially with, uh, with domestic tourism. Before 2022, um, we had very low number of domestic tourists. It was more because Ugandans were not aware of what we had. Because from Uganda Tourism Board, we actually ran some surveys uh, from 2019 to find out why aren't Ugandans traveling. Uh, three things we found out. One was they were not aware. Even for those who could afford to travel every weekend, did not know that we had all these variety and the beauty and even in terms of infrastructure they were not aware that actually we had beautiful lodges across the country two um, there was a concern about accessibility yeah? and this is because there was a perception tourism is all, all about going to the national parks yeah so there was always the complaint or the concern uh, it's difficult. How, you know, I have a little Corona car. Mm -hmm. How do I actually make it cheap for myself or affordable to reach Bwindi, you know, or Massachusetts Falls or Kidepo is so far away. My car can't make it. I need a four-wheel drive. So accessibility was cited as one of the key factors that was stopping the Ugandans from traveling. And then three was the cost. Again, it was a question of perception because 
the Ugandans were thinking, well, you have to pay in U.S. dollars, you know, um, gorilla permits is $700, but that is for internationals. Ugandans pay 250,000 Ugandan shillings. They're actually charging shillings. Entrance to the national parks is uh, is uh, is 20,000 for Ugandans. Meanwhile, the internationals are charged up to $40. So there was an issue, like I said, awareness and then perception. And there we started running a campaign called Take on the Pearl. And uh, we got interrupted, of course, with COVID. And uh, once we went through, after the first lockdown, we started this campaign, Take on the Pearl. And because people had been locked inside for a long time as well, we could see that people now wanted to travel. Because they couldn't travel out of the country, it was an opportunity for them now to explore their own country. And ever since, uh, from 2020 to the point where we launched the new brand Explore Uganda, the Pearl of Africa, we're seeing the numbers just growing. The numbers are growing, whereby the numbers of Ugandans visiting the national parks have surpassed the international numbers. I think as Ugandans, this is say well done. <laughs> and also to you as a board, definitely shows something is working. But as we talk about Ugandans, just to take you back to something you had mentioned, you talked about the rates when it comes to charging for them to be able to access some of these parks. It still continues to be a conversation. A Ugandan will say, but why do I even have to pay these 250,000 Uganda shillings? I'm already putting in the transportation, getting there, there's staying there, the lodging and all that. And then they start to say, but even that 250, as a Ugandan, surely they should just allow me just to go see these mm-hmm. things. They are in the same country as we are and retired. What would you say to a Ugandan out there that continues to have an issue when it comes to the recharged? Well, I, what is very important is for us to appreciate why, why is this fees being charged? Because there's a cost to maintaining the national parks. We have the rangers who on day-to-day basis, 24 hours non-stop, patrolling the borders of the national parks, inside the parks, to make sure that the animals are protected. Um, there's all the cost that goes with doing that from their salaries to the equipment they have to use and uh, and everything else. So it's really to be able to have Uganda Wildlife Authority that manages the national parks have the resources to maintain this. So uh, it is a good gesture mm-hmm. that we do this as Ugandans because it is our resource, yes, fine, but we need to be able to maintain them. Yeah, so that we can be able to have our generations come in and also be able to see this later on, but also have the tourists come in and see Absolutely. it. Well, let's get to know you for a bit, Lily. Mm-hmm. We have talked about um, different parts of the country. You mentioned the western part of Uganda that has Mount Renzori. You have mentioned also what's happening in Jinja, the source of the Nile. I've mentioned the parks. Um, your top five picks when it comes to tourist destinations within the country. We'll start with your number five and why. Ooh, number five. Yeah. I don't know how I would rank them. Rank them. Okay, just Can give I us just five. mention the yeah. five? Give us five. Right. Um, yes, but number one mm-hmm. is Renzori. Okay. Uh, I, 
I've had the privilege to travel uh, different parts of uh, the world. Mm-hmm. I to this point, I know that Uganda is the most beautiful country in the world, but one of the most beautiful sports in this country is on Renzori Mountain. Have you when climbed? I went, yes, okay. in 2020, I actually made it up to the highest peak, that is Margarita Peak. Okay. Uh, it just felt like being on top of the world. Yeah, Seeing the sun rise from below me, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I'm actually really on top of everything. And uh, the, the, the trek up as well, you know, the experience of the the plants, the animals were completely different from what you would see. They are smaller animals, the plants are smaller, but different, beautiful, different colors from what you would see in any of the forest parks or savanna parks or any of the normal plants that you would see. Because of the higher altitude, so the kind of plants are completely different. So Renzori would be my number one. Um, my second sport would actually be Kibale National Park. Um, Kibale National Park, why? Because of the the forest, there's something about the forest. It's, uh, it's an intact forest. Uh, there are old, very old trees in there. There's a feeling that it gives me that it's one of the oldest places that we have in this country. And uh, it makes me feel like there's everything that is closed inside that forest. But of course, knowing also that there are chimpanzees there, and chimpanzees are the closest relatives we have. We share 98.7% DNA, and uh, chimpanzees have been one of the animals that I've worked with the most in my life. So knowing them to the level that I know and uh, my first experience as well, I believe is that so that's with chimpanzees is what makes Chihuahua very unique for me and special for me because it's the first, the first point where I fell in love with the chimpanzees. It may, it was a turning point for me. Okay. Yeah. Um, third would be Kidepo. Uh, Kidepo um, National Park. Every time I've been to Kidepo, it feels like being in another country. It feels like it's different from the rest of Uganda. It's flat, you know, it's a savanna park. It's flat. You can see so far away in a distance. And then we have the Nurus Valley, you know, very sandy. And just walking on the sand, you know, in the valley, in the middle of nowhere. And the animals there as well, like in terms of the numbers, like you see the buffaloes there in herds of hundreds of them. So it, it feels more wild than it's like the true wilderness that we have in this country. Um The fourth one, that's why I was having a problem with the ranking. Mm. So, um, it's not in ranking. Let's take it as not in ranking. Not in ranking because Ngamba Island would be almost the same as Renzori, but not there. I would put them the same because, uh, 
It's an island in the middle of Lake Victoria. The trip, the boat trip, whether from Munyonyo or from any point, you know, on the shores, the, the shortest access is through Entebbe. So a boat trip from Entebbe, where you're crossing the equator on Lake Victoria before you get to Ngamba Island, is an experience of its, of its own. And then you get to Ngamba Island, you feel like you're cut off from the rest of, of, of Uganda. Uh, you feel you're so far away after the 40 minutes boat ride, and yet you're actually not so far away. And being in the in the in an environment where most of the area, the island, is actually a forest with chimpanzees, and there's just five percent of the land is where they have the tourist camp and the staff camp. It, it, it feels very special. It feels almost like you are in the world of the chimpanzees. I can only imagine yeah. the sound that they make throughout the day and also just simply how scenic it is. For a minute, if you have a lot on your mind, there's just this peace that comes over you. Absolutely. And they also have like uh, uh, viewing platforms. And one of my favorite things on Gamba Island is watching the sunrise from those platforms. I think yes. you like watching the sunrise. <laughs> <laughs> and, and number one... And and next one, or your fifth number one, yeah. the fifth, depending on where you're choosing to rank her from, but there's no rank to this. No, there is no yeah. ranking. It's just uh, one of the top five. Mm. Yeah, we are talking about um, the source of the Nile is 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 a special is a special uh, place as well for me. Um, Yes, right now we have we have had the water level gone up and kind of covered up, you know, where we would actually get off the boat, stand in the water and actually see where the lake the Lake Victoria is and right where the, the Nile starts yeah. from. Um I've always thought that was very special. Mm. Uh, unfortunately for now, the water level has gone so high. And uh, yes, there's work in progress to to get the infrastructure there improved. But for me, the source of the Nile is another very special place. Okay. Well, you've been able to mention your top five. And for someone who's watching, who's listening, do you even have your one pick? Mm -hmm. Have you taken time to look at how beautiful Uganda is? Um, when you mentioned the scenic beat, the sunrise has really emphasized her love for the sunrise. Perhaps it could be something you could also fall and in love with. And sunset as well. Yeah, <laughs> it's something. It's just something about watching the sun come up and watching it go down. Absolutely, yeah, it goes down with a few of your troubles as well. But <laughs> well, we, I cut you short earlier when I did ask you about where we stood as a country, but you didn't tell us going forward what you'd like to see from this campaign. Um. Our goal is to get all Ugandans to get to know about Uganda and the beauty that uh, Uganda has to offer, but also get all of them to experience it, not know it from reading, watching on TV, through this podcast, but actually to encourage them to visit as many of the places around this country and experience it for themselves. Because if you really don't know uh, if you don't experience it, it's different, you know. Uh, but once you do, 
uh, talking from the experience is more powerful. Yeah, and we will get to fall in love with our country, which is really one of the things we all want. Yeah, that we should love our country. How are we going to love our country when we actually don't know it? Mm. Yeah, uh, talking from the experience that I've been in every corner of Uganda and comparing this with what other countries have, you know, Uganda is the best country in the world. And uh, it, it feels very wrong for me to see our young people leaving Uganda and seeking, you know, uh, to go and work elsewhere. Yeah? When we have all these resources. But it's also because they don't know. They're ignorant about what we have. They're ignorant about how they can make use of this. And I believe that's our responsibility, you know, as leaders in this country, but also as Uganda Tourism Board, to try and bring to light, you know, information about what we have and how we can get the Ugandans involved. We are looking at getting Ugandans more involved, not only from the point of view of visiting, but also investing, because there's a lot of business opportunity in the tourism sector. Yeah. And this ranges from the product development. You know, we have very limited accommodation facility in this country. Very limited. Let's very talk limited. about that. When we talk about investment, away from brand, we you have mentioned all these amazing things about Uganda when it comes to tourism. If you have done it all, but you have a few shillings to save that you can invest, you talk about an accommodation being one of the areas that they can get into. Let's talk about investment. Areas they can invest in, the costs averagely, because for most people, they look at all these beautiful places they can go to, but it goes back to can I be able to actually put something like this up? Because the cost is also something scary for many. Well, it shouldn't be because we all have different capacity, but also in terms of the market segment, we have different segments. There are those who want it basic, whereby you can just offer a nice compound, you know, and... and uh, clean, good, you know, uh, sanitary, you know, facility and a basic shed where somebody can actually have their picnic lunch or whatever and I can carry my own tent and come and just pitch it there and pay my 10000 or 20000 or whatever, depending also where this location is. So it can be as basic as setting up a picnic site setting up a campsite where you don't need a lot of investment because yeah, there's a market segment that are looking for that kind of experience. They're also, it could be because of budget, but it could also be because that is the kind of experience somebody wants. They want to rough it up. It can be actually somebody who can afford it, but once in a while they want to rough it up. So they would rather go camp than go and sleep in a five-star lodge. Yeah, and then of course there are those who would, who would, uh, who would want uh, relatively comfortable, nice facility, um, and there are those who would want the high end, you know, luxury. So you know, there is a whole range that you can play. You know, we can all work with. 
yeah, depending on the capacity that we all have. And this also speaks to the need of Ugandans, yeah, because one of the challenges we have had, especially with the destinations in the national parks, originally we started with most of the facilities being high-end, mm. and that made it very difficult for Ugandans to travel where I'm going to pay $150, you know, per night. Per night. Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't make sense for them to visit. But Uganda Wildlife Authority has worked around this to be able to provide for Ugandans or anybody else who is low budgets, you know, so they can actually have the campsite, so they can um, they can have low budget. They have built those, you know, those bandas, mm-hmm. and uh, you can sleep in the national park at thirty thousand per night, you know, which is quite affordable. And of course, uh, you could also say thirty thousand per night can be, you know, could be very expensive for somebody. But I always say, mm-hmm. you know, traveling is also a lifestyle, you know, because if you choose every evening mm-hmm. you're going to drink five beers before you go to bed, you could actually save that money yeah. and still travel with it. Mm-hmm. So. It's the choice of what kind of lifestyle yeah. you really want. Put away those five beers <laughs> just for a bit. Save them. That money. Save it for one night. <laughs> I know for me, like, mm, those five beers. My Friday. Ah, but like you say, it's a lifestyle at the end of the day. Yeah. So now with that option of investment, there's also the option of trade within the tourism sector within the country. Let's also talk about that. Well, the tourism sector is uh, is is one sector that has a a wide range of uh, value chain. If we look at the value chain, let's start from the airline. Yeah, we have Uganda Airlines. Yeah, so the airline, you know, the airports, the taxi guy at the airport who has to transport, you know, the traveler to the hotel, the hotel, mm. yeah. And this person is traveling to the source of the Nile. They will stop somewhere, you know, to maybe buy, you know, a fruit or a snack somewhere along the way. Can talk about uh, Namawajolo. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, and we would want to encourage that, especially for international travelers, you know. It's important for them to experience mm our own food, our culture, you know. So if, if, if they buy a snack from there, somebody from there is benefiting, you know, they get to the source of the Nile, they're paying, you know, for a boat ride, you know, they're buying the crafts. We have our ladies there selling crafts. Somebody's, you know, benefiting from that sale, you know, and everywhere they go. And then in the hotels, in all the, especially in the hotels, you know, where are the foods coming from? You know, the person growing tomatoes, rearing chicken, you gets know. Gets to the market that eventually exactly. from that market gets to the So hotel. the value chain is so long, the multiplier effect is really huge. Mm-hmm. So it's one sector that if we managed very well as a country would lead us to the economic transformation we are looking at getting to. Mm. Well, you talk about the airline, we've talked about the domestic part of it, we've talked about the trade, the investment. 
but also the foreigners coming in. How is our foreign tourism doing? Our foreign tourism was doing very well. Uh, we're on on um, on a very positive trajectory before the COVID pandemic disrupted everything. I'm very excited to see what happened during this summer. That was from July, August, and now as we speak in September, which is our peak season in tourism normally up to early October. It has been amazing. It, it feels like we are back to 2019, you know, status. I've seen so many, you know, uh, tourist vans, you know, across the country. Uh, I've moved around to ask how the hotels are doing. Some of them are at 80% occupancy. You know, I mean, from from zero and the average of 15%, mm. you know, at the beginning of, uh, well, last year, averagely it was well, operating at 15%. Now to move up to 80% this year, yeah. that is huge, you know, jump, mm. uh, which gives a lot of hope that uh, we are recovering from the impact of, um, of, of, of COVID. However, there is definitely still a lot that needs to be done to improve things and get it better and have the our private sector who are the service providers here do better because the impact of COVID got some of them to shut down completely, especially the small ones. Yeah. Yeah, they shut down completely. Some of them have never recovered. I've just decided to move to some other sector. Mm -hmm. So it's still going to take a while to fully recover from that. But those who were able to maintain uh, their facilities, their services, until now we can now see that you know things are improving. I personally believe that it will only get better. It will only get better, and uh, as we also lobby, lobby the governments, you know, um, for improvement of the infrastructure further because we have some of the roads to uh, some of the key tourist sites like Bwindi, mm -hmm. you know, is still not very good. Um, here in the Ministry of ICT, <laughs> we need better connectivity, um, especially, I mean, it's not only for internationals, even for Ugandans. If I'm going to travel and just consider as somebody coming from America or from Europe. And uh, these days it's instant. You know, I I could make it, mm. but my family, friends are back home. I want to show them what I'm experiencing and Kidepo, no network. Yeah. I was on Renzori for nine days with no network. Mm. So I could only start sharing once, uh, once I came down. So... There's need to improve the infrastructure, yeah, the airstrips. You know, those are some of the infrastructure that uh, we need to improve as government to make it better, uh, provide better experience for everyone, yeah, and um, the marketing as well. We mm. still need to do better. Mm. Uganda is not well known. We are not on people's faces out there in Europe or in America, yeah. Once in a while when I travel and I say I'm from Uganda, somebody is saying, where is Uganda? And it's like, 
Seriously, you don't know about <laughs> yeah. Uganda? It's like the most beautiful country in the world. Why don't you know about it? Yes, we need to do our part. <clears throat> we need to market better uh, to be able to position this country yeah, for tourism. We are still not doing enough. Okay. So definitely. When we talk yeah. about marketing, um, we sort of skipped it, but when it comes to investment, these booking agencies, they do help with the marketing. The, what are the areas that you see, one, that we could have more of these booking agencies? Where can they actually also be able to help the board? Because there are many of those that actually help put Uganda on the map in different countries based on whichever marketing structures they want to use. Yeah. Well, um, definitely uh, our effort without the private sector involvement would be very limited. Yeah, so... We have more private sector players um, that gives the support in promoting the country. We have the private sector two operators, the hotel owners, the travel agencies are actually spending their own money to go market the country in international expos. They also use their uh, their assets like the digital assets, you know, whatever content they are putting out about Uganda, the packages. Is all about <coughs> selling the country, promoting the country. So uh, we we all have to do it together. I've always said uh, marketing the country is not just a sole responsibility for Uganda Tourism Board. Uh, it has to be every single Ugandan, you know, talking about it. Why can't we use the uh, our digital platform, the social media, to talk about this beauty other than just politics and other things that are more depressing. <laughs> Why do we want to depress ourselves when we have all this beauty around us? So, um, yes, the private sector is playing their part, and uh, but we all together need to do more than we are doing to this point. Okay. Once again, getting to know you, you have mentioned all these beautiful spots you've been to in Uganda. Is there one place you haven't been to? Just one. Or would you say each part of Uganda you have been to, you have seen it, you love it, or there's one that you'd want to go to, you haven't shared made time for, but it's on your list? Well, you know, this country has so much. Uh, for the known places... The known things, I've been to all of them, but I believe there are still many more that I don't, I haven't been to, but I don't know them. Or oh, there's and a Ugandan yet to show you that yes, there's this exactly, place that you haven't exactly. been to. Well, yes. dear Ugandan, this is your time. Time to shine and show Lily something, or maybe even Rita. You don't know how many places I've been yeah. to. I won't tell you how many <laughs> I have or I haven't been to. And just lastly, as we wind this up, to a young Ugandan that's out there, maybe wants to see the world, has dreams of seeing every other part of the world, but Uganda hasn't been top of the list. Why Uganda for them? And also just your parting shots. Why Uganda? Um, we have the diversity, the variety, depending on whatever your interest is. This country has something to offer for you. So if you want to be adventurous and go do bungee jumping, white water rafting, we have it. If you want to go 
on the boats, sail on Lake Victoria, on the Nile. You can go to being on the Nile. You know, we have it. The uh, adrenaline junkies. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And um, if 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 you want to, if you want to experience the the diversity of the culture we have, the foods, you know, I mean, we have it. So just, I believe it's about each and every one of us getting to understand that this country offers the diversity that we, of what each of us, you know, might want. And my advice would be for the younger people to take time to know their country, to encourage them uh, to visit different places. It doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't, yeah? Um, one of my favorite places as well is Botanical Gardens in Entebbe. It's, you want peace. You just, just uh, pack your Rolex and a bottle of water, you know, your mat or your, your mat, mat whatever exactly you're going to sit on. go yeah. sit in you know uh, in the botanical gardens hear the birds singing you know walk around the varieties of trees and you know peaceful environment mm. it doesn't have to be expensive it doesn't have to be because that's the other perception that we have as Ugandans to travel you have to have a car you know, it has to be expensive. It has no, to be out of doesn't. Kampala, out of <laughs> the first yes. three districts but out of the country. Uh, we, can, we can start with the backyard, what we have in our backyard. And as our capacity grows economically to be able to afford, then we can get out there. Um, my biggest advice to the young people is, um, is the, the attitude we need to have a positive attitude if we are going to if we are going to grow yeah more especially um, for tourism yeah yeah we are we are naturally hospitable people but if you're going to do it right in tourism there has to be professionalism to it yeah. it can't just be you know any kind of smile, it, it, you need to present yourself mm. professionally. So, yes, um, let's keep uh, a positive attitude because this country has a lot to offer to ourselves but also to the world. Um, my other advice to the young people is patience. Yeah, For us to, you know, for you and all of us to achieve what we want in life, it requires patience because these days the young people want it instant, instant, you know. Uh, really, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to just want things to happen just like, yeah. like that. Um, a bit of patience will get you to where you want to go, will get you to achieve your dream in life. And, um, and I would want to encourage more of the young people as well to... Uh, to be involved in tourism, yeah, get to know more, you know, because we have a lot of people out there who do not have uh, work to do. Mm. Graduates, you know, there's we know uh, the unemployment uh, challenge we have, but I believe that tourism offers a solution to unemployment. 
you know, whatever little that you have in your backyard, you can turn it into an asset that tourists can visit, you know, whether domestic or international. And I would like to encourage the young people to to learn, you know, don't limit yourself just in the area where you are. Yes, you could have studied um, uh, business administration or whatever it is, but try and expand your knowledge, uh, you know, across the various sectors. It's it's important, and I welcome you to learn more about tourism because it's a lot of opportunity. Yes. Now, as I as I conclude, you know, on this, just to just to educate uh, our um, our viewers as well that um, tourism. There are two types of tourism. There is the leisure tourism, which has been more what we have been inclined to talking about. But yeah. there is also business tourism, uh, where we talk about you know meetings, incentives, conferences, and events. You know mm. the recent happening nyege, yes, nyege, nyege. falls under business tourism, which is an event. Mm. So business tourism is one kind of tourism that we still need to position ourselves as a country for. Where do we stand right now um, when it comes to the business tourism? Well, we were not doing very well until 2018 when the Ministry of Tourism, Wildlife and Antiquities actually intentionally mm. decided that we need to do something and we did um, a strategy on how we really need to move forward. So from 2018, 2019, pre-COVID, we put in a lot of efforts uh, to try and bid for international meetings and conferences to happen here Uganda. in Uganda. So from where we had no records in 2018 with that effort, we were ranked as the 10th best destination for my, my stands for meetings, incentives, conferences and events. We were the 10th uh, best in Africa. And then 2019, we moved up to being the sixth best destination in Africa. And that is because of the numbers of international conferences and, uh, yeah. and uh, meetings that we hosted. Yeah. Uh, of course, we got disrupted. And right now, we are really pushing very hard from that front as well that we get to host many international events, many conferences and many meetings there is even more opportunity there. So in tourism, of course, most young people are looking at being guides, owning a tour company, travel agents, but you can also train and get get certified mm -hmm. as a professional conference organizer. Okay. Yeah, so there are different uh, service providers in the business tourism angle as well. Mm -hmm. So lots of opportunity. And also, um, just to say that I really enjoy what my country has to offer when it comes to food. Yeah. Uh, my favorite foods, mm -hmm. if I may. How many are we looking at? Because <laughs> <laughs> you didn't even say food. Foods. Okay, you're three. <laughs> my best uh, luombo mm -hmm. um, of mushroom in, in peanut sauce. So, akatiko. Okay. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love Kalo. Mm -hmm. um, and I love the Acholi uh, dish of the Malakwang. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. with sweet potatoes. Those ah. are my favorite. Okay. So if anybody hasn't tasted those, they that's should. what they should also be able to have some of. If you were to also talk about juice, because we know as Ugandans, <laughs> we are really as a country we have really been gifted when it comes to our motherland, when it comes to soil. What's your favorite juice as well? Pineapple. Pineapple. All right. Thank you so much, Lily, for taking your time out to be a part of the Ugandan podcast. What are the social media handles that people could be able to look out for when it comes to the board? Because I believe some of the information we've talked about here is also on your social media platforms. Well, um, our major social media platform is Explore Uganda. You'll find us. We have a TikTok accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and um, and then that is more for the information, the marketing information. We have it on Explore Uganda, mm. but uh, if you on the corporate information on how you business want tourism. to business tourism, how you want to get involved in tourism. We are also, as Uganda Tourism Board, are mandated to license every tourism operator in this country. Please say that slowly because there's a Ugandan who has listened and I don't think you got to this part because they're like, this is a business opportunity, pause and moves on. Yeah, just say that once again. So for you to be operating legally a tourism enterprise in this country, you need to be registered, inspected, and licensed by Uganda Tourism Board. So for your business, for you to get that guidance, whether you're going to set up an accommodation facility, whether you're setting up a tour company, a travel agency, you know, whether you're trying to uh, set up that, uh, that cultural site in your village to become one of the destinations for people to visit, uh, you will require to come to Uganda Tourism Board or mm-hmm. just go to the website of Uganda Tourism Board and be, uh, you will be able to get all that information, all the corporate information are there, you know, with the email addresses and telephone. All the times we are on standby to provide the necessary support. All right. Thank you, Lily. As you have had. If you are a tourist, if you're interested in just simply enjoying what Uganda has to offer, explore Uganda, other social media platforms. If you're particularly invested when it comes to the business angle of things, you have listened and watched the podcast and you're like, wait, I could be a business owner in Uganda from simply what nature has to have offer around us. That's also an option. Well, you can also be able to continue to share this with someone else who you think might be interested in the tourism within the country. The social media platforms are on the screen. Ugandan podcast has been why you visit Uganda. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Lily, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you.